Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is week two of our sermon series that we've called Generous Gratitude. And today we have an opportunity to remember, to remember what the Apostle Paul points us to in Colossians chapter 3 about our future. That our future in heaven with our Lord is secure. And because of that, we can live with gratitude and joy in this life. You remember learning when you were younger? I guess I'll turn this thing on. How about that? That'll help. The story of the ugly duckling. Raise your hand if you know the story of the ugly duckling. Okay, most of you at least. Okay, would you be surprised to know that that story was written almost 200 years ago? Written by a man by the name of Hans Christian Andersen, the tale really is a tale of what it is to be a misfit, right? So a special duckling was born among the other ducklings and instantly stood out because he looked different, he sounded different, and because of those differences, he was mocked and ridiculed and ultimately forced from the barnyard to live all by himself. He spends a winter sad and lonely. And when spring comes, this ugly duckling is thinking that once again, life is going to be awful for him. But what he doesn't realize is that during the course of the winter, he has developed into a beautiful swan. The beauty that had been hidden not only to others but also to himself, was now on full display. Does the Christian life ever feel a little bit like you and I might be that ugly duckling? That we, that we stand out, that, that there are people that, that mock and ridicule because they can't understand what it means to follow Jesus? And, and because the glory that is going to be ours in Christ is hidden, we sometimes don't fully comprehend the beauty that is waiting for us in heaven. But through these verses that the Apostle Paul gives us in Colossians 3, we're reminded again of why we can have a gratitude. We can simply be grateful for the future that God has given us, that he's promised us in Jesus. And as we think about that today, Paul gives us these two encouragements to first of all ponder things above as we live our lives in this world. And then to remember that though glory might be hidden now, it is going to be revealed when Jesus comes again. Let's look at the first two verses of Colossians chapter 3 again. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Apostle Paul it starts his instructions by simply telling us that we have been raised from the dead. Maybe that sounded a little strange to you when you heard it, since you've been raised. Since none of us have died yet, we, how is it that we've been raised from the dead? In what sense is the Apostle Paul speaking of this? Well, note the two words that are connected with the idea of us being raised. Since you have been raised with Christ. What the apostle is doing is actually taking us back to things that he said in the previous chapter, in chapter 2, when he talked about how we as God's people are connected to Christ through our baptism, through faith. We are connected to his resurrection from the dead. That it is that resurrection from the dead that assures us that our sins are forgiven. But even more, it pictures this spiritual rebirth, a new heart that God has given us by connecting us with Jesus. We have, through Jesus, new life. 
And that new life brings with it all of the blessings that Jesus' resurrection brings. The forgiveness of sins, peace, joy, the comfort of knowing that our future is secure. All of those things come through the resurrection of Jesus and our connection to that resurrection. You have status. The status of God's own child, loved by him, an heir of eternal life. See, what the Apostle Paul is speaking about in chapter 3 is our opportunity to demonstrate what we believe by how we live. When we understand that our future is secure, when we understand that we're connected to Christ through his resurrection, then we live our lives with confidence. That confidence comes from our connection to Jesus. We know where we're going. We know what our future is. How can we be so sure? How can we be so sure that we are being led to an eternity called heaven? Well, it's there, the apostle says, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I know this might take some of you back several years, others maybe just a few years, to confirmation class. Do you remember in your confirmation classes learning about the significance of sitting at the right hand of God? What it means when we confess in the Apostles' Creed that the Savior Jesus is seated at God's right hand? The right hand of God is a position. It's a position of honor. It's a position of glory. It's a position of authority. In Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul wrote this, that God has brought everything under the feet of Jesus and that he rules all things for the good of his people, the church. God has empowered Jesus to rule. Even Jesus himself said to his disciples before his ascension, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Why is that important? Because the same Savior who connects you to him through his death and resurrection has the power to lead you through this life to the eternal life that he has won for you. That's the joy that we have in being connected to Jesus. That's why the Apostle Paul writes as he does two times in the first two verses, he reminds us to think about, to ponder things above. We should, the Apostle Paul says, both seek out those things and think about those things. It's interesting as Paul talks about the things above that he inverts, he changes the word order in the way that he writes the original Greek. The literal translation, if we would read literally what the Greek word says, it would say this, things above be seeking. Things above you should think about. And yes, I realize it makes him sound a little bit like Yoda from Star Wars. But Paul's point is emphasis. He's emphasizing by moving to the front of the sentence, things above, that those are the most important things for us to focus on. So what are these things above? What are the things above that Paul's talking about? Well, certainly it includes heaven. It includes our eternal future with our Lord. But it's so much more. It's all the spiritual blessings that we have by being connected to Jesus. The assurance of forgiveness of sins. Joy to live our lives here in this life looking ahead. The peace of knowing that everything is right between us and God. See, when the difficulties of life come, it's easy, isn't it? It's easy to keep our focus on earthly things and, and that's really where Paul is setting up the contrast here. Focus on things above, not on earthly things. We know, don't we, how easy it is to focus on those earthly things? When we think about 
The fact that now for six plus months a pandemic has waged on, that we're sitting here on Sunday and we don't really even have an official result to an election that happened on Tuesday, it's easy to start thinking about things here and worrying and wondering. That's where God reminds us to set our hearts and minds on things above. Because this life, our life in this world, is merely a prelude. A prelude to the eternal life that is still waiting for us in heaven. And because Jesus promises to be with us always, we have no reason to doubt. We are not without hope in this world. Jesus is on our side. So that when the worries and the fears and the anxieties and the frustration, when they come barging into our hearts and lives in this world, the Apostle Paul says, Thank heaven. Ponder things above and rejoice. Apostle Paul gave those same instructions to the Philippians to think heaven, to think about spiritual things when he wrote this at the end of that letter. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's that focus on things above that reminds us that the things here on this earth have nothing over the power of our Savior Jesus. I'm going to just assume that most of you are familiar with The Wizard of Oz. If you haven't actually seen the movie, you might at least know the gist, right? It's Dorothy who needs to get back home and so she's told to follow the yellow brick road to The Wizard of Oz and The Wizard will give her the answer to how to get back home. But do you remember what happened on her first visit to The Wizard with her friends? The booming voice, right? All of the sounds, frightening visit. They left not knowing whether the wizard was actually going to do what they asked him to do or not. Do you remember what happened when they came back to the wizard with the witch's broom the second time and Toto peeled back the curtain, Dorothy's dog, and all of a sudden you realized the wizard was just another human being. Nothing to be afraid of. It's really what the Apostle Paul is doing in Colossians chapter 3. He's, he's peeling back the curtain for us to remind us that the things that we see in this world, the things that happen in this world, don't have to fill us with fear and dread and worry because we know. We know what God is doing. We know where we're headed. We know we're on the road through Jesus to an eternal life with our Lord in heaven. That's what makes us able to live grateful for our future is that even though that might be hidden now, we know that that glory will be revealed in us. Here's how the apostle talks about it in verses 3 and 4 of Colossians 3. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We died, the apostle Paul says. You died. And in the same way that Paul connected in the previous chapter, he connected us to Jesus' death or to Jesus' resurrection. He also connected us to Jesus' death. That again, through our baptism, we were buried with Christ. We died with Jesus. In what sense is he speaking? It's the sins. It's sin and all of its guilt that has been crucified with Christ. All the consequences of sin, all the fear and worry about sin is gone because Jesus has washed it away in his blood. As amazing as that truth is, as amazing as it is that you and I know that, that Jesus is our Redeemer, that he's taken away all of our sin, that glory is hidden right now, isn't it? You could walk out on the street today, can't tell if people 
have that peace that God wants them to have in their heart or not. The peace with God is invisible. It's not something that we can see from the outside. Maybe that explains why faith in Jesus is so misunderstood in this world. Because from the outside, it doesn't seem to make much of a difference. And as a matter of fact, it almost seems foolish, doesn't it? Can you understand how it seems foolish to the people of this world who don't have faith in Jesus to think those people are changing the way they live for someone and something unseen? But Jesus is coming back. As foolish as it might seem to others, Jesus is coming. And even though our glory and our life is hidden right now, when Jesus comes again, it will all change. The Apostle Paul simply says it this way, when Christ, who is your life, appears. Before we talk about Jesus appearing again, I don't want to run past that phrase, who is your life? Isn't that an amazing phrase? The life that we truly have, any significance to our life in this world is all about Jesus. It's hard though, isn't it? Don't we try to find life and meaning for life in so many different ways? Maybe we try to find meaning for life in our career, maybe through our family and our relationships, maybe it's simply through who gets elected in our, in who we vote for. We think that somehow these things might change the way this life goes and that, that maybe life will be so much better if only, if only this were to happen or that were to be true. And many of the things that God gives us in this life are truly blessings for us to enjoy here. But there's only one thing that gives us life forever. There's only one person who can give us life that lasts and that's our Savior, Jesus. And he's coming. He will appear, the Apostle Paul says. And the second time Jesus comes is going to be quite different from the first time. You remember Jesus' first coming. We celebrated every Christmas. Laid in a manger with really no one there to see it. Oh, some shepherds were told and they came to worship the newborn Christ. But the rest of the world didn't really know what had happened. Not when Jesus comes back the second time. Bible says Jesus will come in full glory and every eye will see him. Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And did you hear what the Apostle Paul said in our text? We will appear with him in glory. When Jesus' glory is revealed, then we will share in that glory. We will be evident, it will be evident that what we believed was important, that it tied us to Jesus and connected us to the life that he has waiting for us with him in heaven. Anything that we suffered in this life will all have been worth it when Jesus comes back to take us to be with him in glory. And certainly, on that day, that last day when we'll be ushered into our eternity, we'll be filled with gratitude for God's love. That gratitude can fill our hearts and lives right now too. Your future is secure. You know where you're going. You live your life with purpose and direction. And it changes the way we live too, doesn't it? As the Apostle Paul spoke of. We have a reason to live. We have a reason to live with gratitude and thanksgiving. We have a reason to serve others. We have a reason to point out to others the love of Jesus in our words and actions because we know where Jesus is leading us to our home with him forever in heaven. The Apostle John gave that same reason for the confidence with which we live in very similar terms that Paul speaks here in Colossians when he wrote this. 
Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. There's the joy of eternity with the Savior. We will be with Jesus. We will be like him and see him as he is. Some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, Jesus defeated death by his resurrection and we have been raised with him. That's your assurance that your sins are forgiven, that life has replaced death. Number two, when we set our minds on things above, we live with confidence and purpose. The concerns and cares and worries and anxieties of this life fade. They pale in comparison to the glory that is waiting for us with our Lord in heaven. Then number three, though the glory of heaven is hidden now, we will share in the glory of Christ forever. That's God's promise to you, that your future is secure through the blood of Christ and that you will live with your Savior in heaven forever. Maybe this applies to my life more when I was a student, so I'm wondering if students can relate to this. But, but don't we all live life looking ahead? What's the next thing that's going to happen? What's the next thing that's going to bring us joy and excitement? And maybe it's simple for students because it's Thanksgiving break, it's semester break, right? It's that opportunity to go home for a little while. Maybe, maybe for others it's a birthday celebration. Maybe it's a vacation that's coming up. But we do, right? We live our lives in this world looking ahead to what the next thing is going to be that's going to bring us joy and happiness. If we can do that from an earthly sense, how much more should we let the joy of our eternal future fill us every single day as we look ahead to what's coming? That's what God wants for you. He wants you to understand that you can live looking ahead, that you can keep your focus on what is still coming, that you don't have to lose heart in this world or be worried about the events of this life because nothing can change what Jesus has already won for you. The Apostle Paul wrote it well in Philippians chapter 1, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. As long as we're here in this life, we have opportunity to live the love of Jesus and understand our connection to Jesus means an eternity with him. But when our life in this world is over, when Jesus comes back again, then we will have gain, eternal gain through the life that we have with him in heaven. Yes, we can live through Jesus grateful for our future because we know our future is with him forever. Amen. Peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. This time I'll invite you to sign our, our friendship register. The easiest way to do this is sometime this week or if you'd like to do it right now with your phones, just sign into wlchapel.org forward slash fr for friendship register. Uh, if you're not comfortable doing that, we did actually, I always forget to announce this, but we do have a physical friendship register out on the table in the back. If you prefer to do that, uh, you certainly are welcome to do that as well. It just gives us a record of who's here to, to worship with us, which is a wonderful uh, opportunity to connect, but also then, should anything go wrong, and we pray that God blesses us without that possibility, but then we can know who is here for any kind of contact tracing or things like that. As you do that, I just to thank you as well to all of you for the big part that you play in what we do here at Wisconsin Lutheran Chapel and Student Center to know Jesus Christ and to make him known on campus. 
Without your prayers, without your volunteer hours, without your offerings, uh, this ministry would not be possible. So thank you uh, for your continued generosity. There is an offering basket in the back. If God leads you to uh, bless us in that way, with that offering, we know that God will use it for good and that his name is praised through that. Will you please join me in confessing our Christian faith? We'll use the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We'll include in our prayers today a prayer for our nation as we await official results of the election from Tuesday. We'll pray for God's peace and for unity in our country. We'll also pray today for um, many of our chapel family and extended chapel family who have now been affected by COVID in their lives. Uh, I'm guessing there's not too many people sitting here that don't have somebody that they know uh, that has been affected by COVID. And so we'll pray that God blesses us with health and healing for those who have been sick and watch over us and lead us to that heavenly home. Finally, we'll pray also for our, our veterans and all of those who currently serve in our military, who have served in our military, as Veterans Day is coming up this Wednesday. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the reminder today that you have secured a, a future with, for us with you in heaven. That even though that glory is hidden now, we know, Lord, that it will be revealed when Jesus comes again. We pray that you fill us with comfort, fill us with confidence as we live our lives in this world. Help us to set our hearts and minds not on things of this life, but on things above, where you are seated, where Jesus is seated at your right hand. We thank you for the knowledge that we have and the faith that you've given us to trust that Jesus is with us, that he is guiding us and leading us to the home that we will be with, where we will be with you forever. Today we also pray, Lord, for our nation. Uh, you know, Lord, that, that the official results of the election are not yet in. And yet we also know, Lord, that whoever you choose as our leaders, that you will bring blessings through, the, through those choices. You are ultimately the one who is in control of all things, God, and we can trust your loving care. With that in mind, we pray for peace in our country. We pray for unity. We pray that you bring us together as, as people who are united under uh, one God, or one nation under God. We pray, Lord, that you give peace to, to all people and knowing uh, that you are the one that will work through the leaders and the rulers that you have given us in this life to bring good to your people. Pray for mostly, Lord, again, for the freedom that you give us, freedoms that we enjoy to pr proclaim your gospel message and find peace in our Savior Jesus. We pray, Lord, for the health and safety of all of our chapel family, our students, our members, our, their extended families as COVID continues to cause trouble and uh, make people sick. We pray that you give health and healing to those who have been affected by COVID. We pray that you keep those who have not uh, gotten it safe and free from that disease. And we pray that you bless the doctors and the scientists and all of those who are working to develop a vaccine for it. We know, Lord, that all things are in your hands and that you are the one who gives life and health and we trust your loving care for us in our lives. Finally, we pray a prayer of thanksgiving today, Lord, 
Thanksgiving for all of the veterans who have served this country throughout its history, for the veterans who continue to serve and those who are serving in our military right now. We know, Lord, that you have kept us safe and kept our country uh, free and a place where your gospel can be proclaimed. We pray that you give peace to those uh, who have sacrificed out the ultimate sacrifice, their lives for these country, these, our country. Give peace to their families. Give peace to all of us in knowing that, your, that our lives are in your hands, Lord, and you are leading us home. We pray all these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus, as we join to pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.